you have to be everything in your business. I mean, everybody knows it. You got to be CEO, CMO, tech. You got to do it all. And not only that, your business, you need certain tools at different times of your business. Having adoption, there's easy things that are always going to get adopted. Email. I mean, that's just a duh, right? If you can say, I have a platform, but I got to go to my MLS, I got to go to my CRM, I got, I got to leave the platform, well, then you're going you're gonna to struggle at adoption. Agents need different things at their fingertips for all the different kinds of transactions that they do. So, and I'm not saying we've solved the adoption problem, but it, it, it certainly helps, I think, to not have to leave your platform. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Senior Director of Content and Data for HW Media. And today I'd like to welcome O.B. Jacoby, President of Windermere Real Estate in Seattle. So welcome. Hi, thanks, Tracy. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. And, um, you know, obviously you've been brought up in the industry. You have multiple family members, um, you know, working with (laughs) you and we call it real estate royalty where you, uh, you know, it's kind of like succession. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it feels like that. (laughs) So your dad founded Windermere in 1972. um, And I want to talk first a little bit, just some lessons that you learned through the succession planning um, and, and, into your position, because I thought it was really interesting that everybody brought some different skills to the table. Generally, yeah. you don't find that um, it's within a family, you know. So talk to me a little bit about that. Oh, man, just the the thought of succession planning um, in, in this business, well, probably in any business is hard. Um, we, you know, going from a patriarch who was infinitely um, immersed in the business he did a really good job of bringing us up in the business and kind of, he had a saying that it's always a crawl, walk, run. And so he had us, um, and it really was, I have five sisters. So, you know, I, am not sure that you're allowed to have an ego with five sisters. Um, and so he kind of brought us up, um, doing everything in the real estate industry. Uh, I think the only department I wasn't really allowed to be in was the accounting department. Um, But uh, it kind of taught us, uh, you know, it's it's so much of a service industry. Um, We've had, you know, when we were growing up, we all had restaurant jobs and things like that. And and when the time was right, my dad kind of started introducing us into the business. And so I think he had a very long view of how to do that. Um, and he didn't, you know, he didn't say, okay, here's, here's your big, huge salary. Go for it. He made us, he made us become real, not really make us, he, he kind of encouraged us to become real estate agents and then become managers and then general managers of offices and things like that. And so, you know, I think we worked with him for 20 plus years before he finally bowed out. Um, and the hard part of having a patriarch bow out is they, they don't ever really do that. 
They, you know, they want to, especially as your parents grow older, you know, they want to hear about what's going on and they want to be included in decisions and things like that. And that's, that's really hard when you're trying to take the reins and run your own style of business. So I think, you know, the struggle there is um, that I would try and impart on somebody being a second generation is really, you know, lean in and include your, your your parents, if that's what it's come from, or succession of a of a mentor that you might have had, I think they appreciate it and need it. Um, and then, you know, we've spent the last number of years uh, really working through. So, like I said, I have five sisters, which means I have twelve, you know, uh, nieces and nephews, um, and they're going to have spouses, you know. And it's I, I, you should have you should have uh, Hobie Hanna answer this question. Actually, he's got a lot more than I do. <laughs> Um, but, uh, um, it, it, it's taken quite a bit of planning from the second generation, which was a little bit of, you know, the first one is I do it my way. The second one is a little bit more committee esque and the third generation, you got to have a few more rules in place and a better structure. So we've worked really hard over the last number of years to put together a structure that is inclusive of all of our family. If our goal is long-term family ownership of business, um, and to do that, you you have to be very thoughtful about what what you're trying to pass on. And so we've spent a lot of time getting those together, getting the, the kind of the rules of the road, the guide guardrails, and we've shared those with all of the kids. Uh, the youngest being 11, and the oldest being 28. Um, and so we now have uh, our two oldest, my two oldest nieces uh, are in the business and are kind of doing the crawl walk run too. Um, and so to hit on a, a, something you said w- when you asked your question is, I think because of our slow roll into the business, we gravitated towards different aspects of the business. Um, you know, I don't want to be, I, you know, we, we all review financials and we're all involved, but Jeff Wood, my brother-in-law um, has a master's as a CPA. And so let him take the role of really working with our tax accountants and figuring out the best financial advice for us. That doesn't mean disregard financial financials. So, you know, Jill, Jeff, and I each take roles that we feel we have strengths in. Um, and lastly, I think um, it, it is one of those check your egos at the door. Uh, you're you're never going to win a family fight ever. And so, you know, you either got two choices try and see the, how quickly that breaks up or don't. <laughs> so that was a pretty long-winded answer, I suppose. <laughs> no, I, first of all, I love that there's so much um, female power going on. Oh, in, yes. In the company. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. And um, I really, you know, I've talked to a lot of brokers about succession planning and there was really never any thought to the third generation. It's always one generation. And then, um, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay. You know, (laughs) when it happens, it happens for the third generation. So I think that's really important for, you know, our listeners to hear that, that you started that, the one is 11 years old, you know, and you've got a whole set of guidelines, um, for, you know, coming into the company and eventually taking leadership roles and possibly ownership. So, so I think that's, that's great and very well thought out. Um, Oh, thanks. It's, it's, uh, we can see the, oh, I I can't swear online, but you can see the blank show coming. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Oh. So I want to talk to you about, um, you know, technology a little bit. And obviously, MoxieWorks um, was your in-house platform, eventually moved into its own company um, as it found so much success. So for you, what what do you feel, um, you know, brokerage technology obviously has been kind of a hot button for years. And now it seems that it's not as much of a differentiator because most people now have it, obviously, especially the bigger players. Um, so what? So really, it's refining that and getting agent adoption, which we'll talk about later. So tell me a little bit about what you feel like makes a successful tech platform. Successful tech platform. Well, you know, again, when, when we... Uh, man, we, we were uh, first-in-class tech back in the early mid mid nineties, uh, when the internet first really started coming out. Um, and we built a lot of our own tech tools and all this stuff. And then it's a kind of a good example of my dad passing the torch in the downturn. We had to revamp our tech and he didn't want to do that because he was aging and didn't have an answering service nor email. And so we're like, Hey, let us do this. So we didn't. And the thing that we figured out pretty quickly is that technology is big black hole of money and you're just dumping it into it. And so that's number one. And so how much do you have and how much, how long do you want to do this? Um, and then secondly, you know, you look around the country and you go, wait a minute, we're all doing the exact same thing. What, that doesn't make any sense to us. So, you know, I am good friends with Hobie, um, over at Howard Hanna and Jeff Detweiler back when he was at Long and Foster. And we were kind of getting together going, you know, this is crazy. Let's join forces and, and let's and let's see if we can do something cool. And then what we figured out pretty quickly is that the input of more is better than the input of a few. And so, you know, that's kind of a background of Moxie is really it's it's really for brokers built by brokers kind of thing. But the role of technology, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit old school in the fact that technology is not your end all be all. And, and this business loves shiny objects. They just love it. Um, and I get it. I mean, I get every new tech toy that comes my way. I, I, that's not a fault. I'm saying it's just the way it is. And, you know, this is such a belly to belly business that if your technology isn't serving that purpose, then don't bother. I meant literally don't bother. So it's here to make us or automate the things that we should automate, remind us of the things we need reminding of, um, but not solving a relationship like business where we, you know, our value, one of our huge values is being a counselor to our people, um, our customers, and that is not going to get solved by tech. So, you know, for me, I think if I'm really going to, that was, a, again, a long answer to something that I think is adopt. Pick the couple things that are going to really serve you well. Don't pick the 10 things that you can't quite grasp. That's pretty normal stuff, probably. No, you know, it sounds normal, but I think the the industry has evolved from, oh, we need a tech platform that can do everything for the agent to realizing that agents aren't adopting that. You right. know, they're there. If it's too complicated, they want nothing to do with it. Right. Um, and so by simplifying and giving them just a few things that you could do really, really well that they could use, um, you'll probably increase your adoption. So, you know, and let's talk about adoption because that is so difficult to get, um, especially if you're a company 
that is hiring experienced agents. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you've been able to gain adoption of your tech, if there are any tricks, <laughs> advice for other brokers. I think you said it. You know, it's, it's really um, the hardest part of being – well, there's a lot of hard parts of being a broker agent. Um, and it's, you know <sighs> – you have to be everything in your business. I mean, everybody knows it. you got to be CEO, CMO, tech. you got to do it all. And not only that, your business, you need certain tools at different times of your business, right? And so having adoption, you know, there's easy things that are always going to get adopted. Email. I mean, that's just a duh, right? Um, our CMA platform, because it's really, really good and people use it every day. So that's a that that's that's a duh right if you can wrap if you can say i have a platform but i gotta go to my mls i gotta go to my crm i gotta go to different places in my to and i gotta leave the platform well then you're gonna you're gonna struggle at adoption right they of course they're gonna stop using it or stop seeing it or not have it at their fingertips when they need it and Agents need different things at their fingertips for all the different kinds of transactions that they do. So for us, if we can keep it on one page and we can simplify it, um, fantastic. And I'm not saying we've solved the adoption problem because that's just never going away. Um, but it, it, it certainly helps, I think, to not have to leave your platform. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. Um, I know a broker who actually even um, came up with their own e-sign platform because they couldn't get it to, and I'm like, they created their own because they couldn't get it to be a, a you know, just a one log single sign in, um, you know, so that's, it's interesting. And um, I, you know, obviously there are some companies who've recently announced that, you know, they, they were building their own platform, decided to go outside and have you seen that trend happening a little bit more in real estate as, um, you know, they realize it's a never ending money pit of technology? Well, that's, you know, that is the funny part there. You see it all the time. I mean, that, you know, deciding to build in house or deciding to buy off the shelf or people make those choices all the dang time. Um, and they flip flop between them because mm -hmm. the reality is technology is hard. It's expensive and it evolves so quickly. So, you know, and, and you know, you know, let's, let's face it. People get mad at their vendors and they're like, dang it, I can do it better. Mm -hmm. You know, and then vice versa, they, they live in Seattle with the high tech cost or whatever, you know? Yeah. So it's, um, I get it. I, I do think the world is moving to uh, platforms that can support multiple vendors a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, so you can kind of plug and play. And I think that will continue to become easier and more accessible. Um, I, I do think, you know, MLSs, the vast amount of MLSs and plugins creates barriers for entry to a lot of people. So those platforms are still important mm -hmm. because it's expensive to plug into all the different MLSs. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles will bring together the nation's top residential real estate CEOs, presidents, and C-level leadership teams to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 
2023's GOE is at Omnivartan Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th until the 21st. Learn more and register your spot on the events page at realtrends.com. And we can't wait to see you in Austin. You know, I've been in the in real estate for 30 years now. And so I've seen Zillow come, you know, I've seen all of these, you know, the disruptors. It was like at one point it was that's all you saw was the word disruptor everywhere um, where oh, these yeah. companies came in and wanted to, you know, disintermediate the agent. And I've seen a shift in that where, you know, they're instead really wanting to partner now with the agents. Um, have you seen that shift or, you know, is that a mirage? Um, <laughs> tell me your thoughts on that. I do. You know, you, you, you've been long, you've been here long enough to remember probably Costco, but not quite long enough to remember Sears or remember, you know, this is, this phenomenon is never new. Um, and, and there's cycles of everything, right? In a down, in a, in a, not down, I'm not going to say downturn because I don't believe it. It's just this funky last six months we had where interest rates spike so quickly and everybody's off guard. You know, you see the business models of, of you know, the last one disruptor just kind of go, oh no, what happened? Um, and everybody kind of knew that might be coming. And so downturns create, you know, a little bit more, not downturns again. I don't think it's a downturn, but create a little more stability mm-hmm. towards traditional, and then you know a revamp of of the innovation that's going to come, right? And so I, I just think it's a normal cycle for that kind of stuff yeah. to happen. And and I just wanted to run because I have seen it all over the chat GPT and AI, and you know using all of that, <laughs> and um, you know I've already talked to agents who are using that in their marketing. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on oh, yeah. on that? Oh, there's whole, you you can't, you can't, you know, you can't go to sleep without hearing about it somehow in your dreams. It's everywhere. And there's classes popping up, you know, all our people are trying to integrate it into both, both, you know, from, from our stance, from a franchisor, we're trying to have classes from our pro devs part of the company. And I don't know if you've tried it. It is kind of fun to mess around with. I asked it to uh, plan a trip to me for me, a 10 day trip somewhere and it nailed it. I was like, oh man, that's kind of cool. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I think that's a quickly evolving subject for sure. Um, and I think it does do some great stuff. I hope people don't forget yes, how to write though. Exactly. As a journalist, <laughs> I agree. Although I can see how it would really mm-hmm. be pretty efficient for an agent who's trying to come up with a creative listing description or needs to write a letter, like have a, a form letter written that they send, you know, that they hand out or some marketing. Um, you know, I've heard that it's, I have, I have played with it some, and I've heard that sometimes when you get into like asking it questions about specific, like real estate market, it might pull old data or not be as accurate as you need. So you can't really use it to do a market report per se, but um, there are a lot of other. Yeah. Well, it's funny, you know, I, um, our voice at Windermere is very, very specific. Um, and you know, I worked really hard with Shelly Rossi, our communications director to when we write and communicate and do things. And if I went to chat GPT or anything else and said, Hey, write it. Or even if I said, Jill, go write this, it's going to come out. The flavor is going to be significantly yeah. different. And I think brokers should be aware, you know, we're getting paid very well 
to be service oriented to our people. And that means original and that means, you know, work hard for them. And so, you know, I get it. Is it a shortcut to doing your job? Kind of. Does it work? Probably. I don't know. I, it just always makes me, you know, I, you are again in the business long enough to know, you know, we used to present offers and I'm harping on everybody. Wouldn't it be great to be able to present an offer yeah. to a seller? I mean, that's yeah. kind of fun and actually do that for your client. That's a service that is valuable. And now as things change, and I'm now sounding like a relic, I'm sure. So what do you mean? What does present and offer me? Oh, yes, I do remember that. Um, you know, and and I've also seen a shift in, you know, um, it was always, I, you know, as a broker, my client is my agents. You know, that's it. You know, it's my agents. And that is true, obviously. Um, however, I've seen this kind of move to a recognition that, oh, wait, consumer, I can't push everything off to the agent with the consumer relationship. As a broker, I need to be involved in that as well and offer options and, um, you know, whether it's iBuying or whatever it is, um, different again, concierge services, things like that. Um, do you see that in the industry? And what are your thoughts on, on that kind of consumer-focused brokerage? Yes, I totally agree with you. I think it's really important. I think our job is definitely to give our brokers the tools that serve our their clients. No question about it. And I don't consider it getting in the way uh, and things like that. I consider it hopefully we are adding a lot of value for them, um, both to service them and touch points and all the rest. Uh, and, and it's one of the things I do love about the industry is that there is – a significant amount of investment and innovation in the industry through lots of different ways. You mentioned iBuying. You know, I'm not going into iBuying, but I partner with a Zabby, for instance, to have that as an option. Um, we have had bridge loan for, shoot, 25, 30 years, and bridge loans have evolved, right? And, you know, concierge loans or whatever that, you know, however you want to frame them are really, really great products for the consumer. And they're great products for our brokers uh, to show value, to, to hopefully get a home up to par where it would sell for faster at more money, right? That's fantastic for the clients. Um, and so there are, I mean, I think you're going to see a whole lot more of that um, broker-led services wrapped with the agent uh, intended for the client. Like, I, you know, that, that to me is a holy-ish grail of um, the right way to, to help our clients, both our clients being the agents and our and their clients being their clients. But uh, that's, that's on, I, I bet, a fast track out there for everybody to try and figure out. And I feel like in this market too, um, you're going to see a lot of innovation um, on that end as well. Uh, you know, things yep. that you never even considered popping up. Um, you know, there already is with you know, lately I've been hearing a ton about the companies like um, Milestones and Move Easy and Moving Station, and um, I know that Inside Real Estate has a has one as well, where it's that long term relationship between the agent and the. It, there's no such thing as a past client that they're you know they're just people that you are you know you have relationships with and really 
helping build those relationships because real estate is, it, it's, it's all, it's hyper-local and it's all about relationships. Um, so, you know, all the noise around technology and that only helps you facilitate those relationships and that's all it should do. Um, so, so that, yeah. And you can, you know, you can envision, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right, but you can envision those clients, um, you know, getting a notice from us, from their agent and their mortgage rep, which is, you know, hopefully ours saying, Hey, we just noticed your rate slip below the last mortgage you did. Let us refi, right? These are all products that are incentivized to help both the agents and the clients really benefit from the service that we should be able to offer as one-stop shops. Yeah. Right? I mean, we've been saying that for how long now? Oh my gosh. The one-stop <laughs> shop is years old. Um, right. I yeah. mean, forever, you know, and we had, it's funny because you mentioned like Ben at Move EDC, you know, he, we've done some things with him. He's great. And you know, that whole, I'm moving to this address, turn off my cable and move home. That stuff was around 30 years ago. Yeah. We, it just has never been digitized almost, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, I, I think you're right. That stuff's going to accelerate. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah. So obviously we've got, you know, the commission lawsuits and a lot of things coming um, up in the industry. And so knowing that, um, you know, are there any changes in the real estate environment that would really change the way you operate or cause you to add new services? Um, you know? It's it's a it's a good question, and I think, man, that's a that's a really hard one to answer because there's a lot of different facets to it, and unfortunately, there's a million different municipalities and and associations and things that we need to deal with. You know, I, I think if I were going to actually say something to listeners right now, I'd say get involved. Right. I, I mean, we, you know, we have a lot of people in this industry that do get involved, which is fantastic, but we need to be a little more organized about how we do it um, and what's coming down the down the pike. We have people that are challenging our commissions, uh, just the ability that we can take them. Um, we have all sorts of state changes all over the place and things like that. And as a business, often we are we have to adapt to what's happening rather than leading through it. Um, I think we can do a better job of leading through it and making sure our voice is being heard in a world where, you know, uh, NAR has got a lot to deal with. And so I don't know that we're getting all the service we need. We need to handle it locally. Um, now, changing your business model, sometimes you're thrown stuff where you just, you got to adapt. Um, and you mentioned the, the lawsuits. You know, our MLS it, that's local to me is Northwest MLS, which is broker-owned, not association. And they did things immediately to address those kinds of issues. That's how, oh, man, let's start showing SOC. Let's start doing these things. And they're very, very proactive in that instance. All right, we got, I mean, that's, that's what I mean by being really involved is we got to take control of that kind of stuff. I think from a business model standpoint, you know, when we do see innovation, we grab a hold of it. One, one of the things everybody, I think most people are pretty good about now in our industry is when you see a concierge home loan come up, you figure out how to create it, right? Or those kinds of things. So I think that's how this industry operates, you know, more service to brokers. Is it broker centric? Is it, is it agent centric? Is it, you know, what is the, the, the world? And, 
And I think we all adapt. You know, you saw it in COVID. How quickly did we adapt as an industry to what seemed insurmountable? You know, so that was kind of long-winded in a roundabout way. But I, uh, yeah, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my last question is just kind of finally, you know, what's next for the company? What's next for Windermere? Anything anything you're working on? Exciting new developments? Um, Um, You know, we're, we... Our business is, um, you know, we we work really hard at we we're partners with all of our people. We're a franchise business, but uh, you know, I think everybody kind of knows this. But we have a six month franchise agreement, which creates really much more of a partnership between the franchisor and the franchisee. We love working with people, and so for us, it's finding great people to work with. Um, you know, we've got lots of irons in the fire of people that um, we'd be proud to associate with, uh, both from a from a coming as a Windermere brand or keeping your brand like a Lion Real Estate did, um, and we're co-branding and things like that. Um, that kind of stuff is really, really fun. I'm super excited to see my nieces come into the business. Um, I have a 23-year-old son and a 21-year-old daughter. She's in college, but he's out. He wants to. And I've said, no, you got to go have a real job for a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm excited about that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, it feels to me, it's funny because that fourth quarter was so hard and so bad for a lot of people. And a lot of our franchisees that, you know, we've had to really help out that it feels like this market is is really going strong now. Um, so I'm kind of psyched that I think 23 is going to be a, a pretty fun year. Yeah. You know, um, housing wire HW media, um, acquired Altos research. And so they do real time, um, market data. And I've been listening to all of Mike Simonson's, um, weekly updates and everything. And they've been really positive, very positive. So I'm, I'm excited. I think that this is going to be a better year than people expected it to be. Maybe not gangbusters, but, you know, but a good year. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's going to be good. I'm I'm not as worried as I was January 1st. (laughs) We need to stop with the doom and gloom and bring more positivity Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, we get a lot of headlines that aren't super awesome in our industry, but it seems pretty good now. Yeah. Well, Obi, yeah. thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. I could talk to you for about an hour. I have so many questions about succession planning. We're going to have to get on again. And, and I'd love to anytime. So. All right. Thanks, Tracy. All right. Thank okay. you. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.